Support for Two Beards, Please provided by Turnhall Financial Group. While others see money as a goal, Turnhall Financial Group sees it as a tool for serving God, family, and community. Find out more by contacting Turnhall Financial Group at 262-421-5467 or by emailing Group at thrivent.com. That's T-U-R-N-H-A-L-L Financial Group at thrivent.com. Hi, I'm Nate. And I'm Andrew. Welcome to our show, Two Beards, Please. We are two Wisconsin guys with houses full of women. Which sounded better when we were in our 20s. We're both married with two daughters each, and we'll be getting together to talk about life, tell stories, and try to make each other laugh. And hopefully, you too. Hello and welcome to Two Beards, Please. This is episode 77, and this episode's a little bit different. Due to some unforeseen circumstances in our personal lives, Andrew and I were not able to record this for the first of July episode. So what I decided to do is go back and pull some clips from year one for you to enjoy. So this first clip is from our driver's ed story stories that we covered in our very second episode. Uh, this is when Andrew got dragged by a semi. Enjoy. It's kind of the pattern. Yeah, right? Yeah. So it's so many epic car stories. Have you ever been hit by a car? In a car, hit by a car, or like... Either. Yeah, I have one really good car crash story. Okay. When I went to grad school, I lived in Cincinnati. And obviously, my whole family's back here in Wisconsin. And so we would come home for Christmas every year and just drive back and forth. And I would drive back and forth a lot from Cincinnati to Wisconsin. For, yep, I remember that time. For various things. It just became... I mean, I just knew the drive. Yeah, like it was I'd kind go, of a no-brainer. No I'd go south in Co- Indianapolis. I'd go right... You know, I'd go... You were in coast mode. Right. One Christmas, we came back for Christmas, and then her parents, Marsha's parents, were coming back to Cincinnati. And so they would bring Marsha back later. So I had to get back to work or something. So I went back on my own in, in a Cavalier, one of my million Cavaliers, little, yep. right? I'm just north of Indianapolis and just driving down the road at a fairly high rate of speed, as I oft did and still do, passing cars. And, you know, not like I'm not aggressively driving. I'm just driving. Right, you're just driving, trying to get there. Right. I go to pass a semi-truck. There's theories on what happened. <laughs> my dad is convinced I fell asleep. My mom is convinced I was just going too fast, which probably. Probably, right. yeah. I'm pretty sure a tire blew. So I pulled out left to pass the semi truck, and I got probably too close to begin with. And then the car just went to the right. Like as soon as I went out to pass him, it just pulled right into the. So I hit this truck. You hit the semi I hit the, the semi truck. The back end. The back of it. end. Yep. I was going, let's just say, if it was the escort, it would have been very vertical. Right. Um, And the semi truck's going 55 miles an hour. So you can imagine hitting a brick wall at like 40 miles an hour. Yeah. You don't, like the semi didn't give. Right. Unbeknownst to me is when you hit the back of a semi trailer, the guy that's way up in the cab, he doesn't kind of just doesn't really feel too much. He just, so I hit the thing, the airbags go off. And you spun off. No, I got wedged underneath the back end of the truck. Oh. And then, like, the airbag goes off, the engine, you know, that's designed so the engine doesn't come into the cab. It just drops to the ground. So the engine drops to the ground, and there's sparks everywhere. And then he proceeds to drag me for three miles. Oh, no. Three miles. How did he figure it out? People are pulling up to me and, like, freaking out (laughs) as I'm being dragged down the highway. I can't imagine why they would be freaking out. I just, like, look over and wave at him because I don't know what else to do. (laughs) Right? And so... I think about three miles at 60 miles an hour. I mean, that's well, that's a yeah. three minutes, yes. right? 
three minutes is a long time. That's to... like half of a Jethro Tull song. <laughs> yeah, before it's even probably even before the epic flute solo. <laughs> so when I figured out I was okay, like everything still worked. Well, then you were enjoying it. Then I was just, I mean, where am I going to end up? I'm going to end up in like Florida. I don't know. Where, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Like, when does this? How does this come to a conclusion? <laughs> so I'm being dragged down the highway, and people are pulling up, and I'm waving at them, and I was still smoking then, so I just lit a cigarette because <laughs> what else am I going to do? The radio was on. I was listening to Led Zeppelin, <laughs> traveling down the highway at 60 miles an hour. Oh, Finally, man. after th- three miles, and I know it was three miles because we went back, and you can see the fluid emptied out of the car at one point, and then you can see it pulled off to the side of the road at one point. I get out, and he comes running back. And he's like convinced Freaking there's out. a dead yeah. person stuck underneath his truck. Right. I just get out and I'm like, hey, <laughs> how's know, it going, buddy? How's it going? And he's like, oh my, you know, we're just standing on the side of the road and people are stopping and running across the road and this this epic concern this chaos, that, yeah, right? And we're just like, both standing there like, oh, I don't know, hit the truck, you know. <laughs> and then the the fire truck shows up and the ambulance shows up and the cops show up. The firefighters all get out with the jaws of life and they're all, you know, you yeah, know, they're and, ready and to do their thing. They're like, yep. nobody's in the car. <laughs> they're, they're very confused and asking like. You're Where's the driver? Know, you're sitting back there going, I'm not dead yet. Yeah, right. I'm just standing on the side of the road. And they're like, where's the driver? And I'm like, uh-huh. it's me. And they're like, no, of the car. And I'm like, it's still me. You know, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I, the only injury I had, I was hard on the brake. So my knees jammed into the, oh yeah, underneath the dash. I had a piece of glass stuck in my forehead from the window because the front window cracked because I hit, I went underneath so far that the back of the semi cracked my front window. And I had an airbag, like a rug burn from the airbag. Yep. And so I'm in the ambulance, and they're taking Treating the piece, you. Yeah, yep. they take the piece of glass out of my head or whatever. And, and you know, I'm like, am I gonna get a? I asked the police officer, am I gonna get a ticket? You know. <laughs> he's like, well, what happened? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, you know. And he's like, you probably don't need a ticket. You're probably. Yeah. You probably had you're enough messed up car <laughs> right? and yeah. messed up faces right. enough. Yeah. You've had enough for one You've night. You've learned your lesson. And so I mean, I'm in the. I don't know, half an hour north of Indianapolis in the middle of Indiana. I don't know anybody. I'm all by myself. Yep. We go back to the car, and the guy's like, well, I can give it. The cop is going to give me a ride to a, a hotel, right? And so I'm like, that'd be great. He said, do you need anything out of the car? I was like, well, I'll grab my bag. Of course, I locked my keys in the car. Because <laughs> what Wait. else do you do when you get dragged three miles? Well, you had a broken windshield. You probably The front windshield just... was cracked and shattered, but the side windows were good. I don't know, right? So <laughs> I like, I'm sorry, I locked my keys in the car. And he's just like, really? You're so a like, moron. Yeah. <laughs> So the tow truck guy comes like, over. Now you're getting a ticket, yeah, right? fat guy. The tow truck guy comes over and shatters the window, and I pull my stuff out. Well, At I, that point, who yeah, cares, who cares right? right? The crazy thing is I had hit that truck so hard, the I-beam, metal I-beam bumpers, I had bent it 90 degrees to yep. get underneath so far. The tow truck hooks the winch up. It's a flatbed. And he starts the winch up, and it just pulls the tow pulls truck, the truck back. to my car. Oh, it pulled the tow the truck. The tow truck to my car. So then he loosens the winch and pulls the tow truck back out and puts blocks in and starts the winch up and the tow truck hops over the blocks. And so what they ended up doing, this is how hard I hit this truck. What they end up doing is they chain my car to the tow truck and the guy gets in the rig, the semi truck, and drives one way and they drive the tow truck the other way. So they were playing tug of war. Yeah, and then rip my car off <laughs> under this truck. That's my most perilous crash story. I was actually hit by a car as a pedestrian. I love that story. Uh, This next 
clip is also from the Driver's Ed episode, and I title this clip Ketchup Molotovs. Hope you like it. This is less of a speed story and more of a stupid thing kids do in the vehicles. All right. Uh, Is this going to become X-rated all of a sudden? No, no, no. (laughs) I grew up in a real small town where there was probably six bars, four churches, and three gas stations. And that was pretty much it. There's nothing else. We had to go to Stevens Point, which was the nearest larger town. We would drive to Point, go to Hardee's and do stuff up there. And my one friend and I were in an honors band that met at the University of Stevens Point. Mm Mm-hmm. It was a high school area honors band. So we'd go up every weekend for rehearsal. We'd stop either at Hardee's or Hot Now or sure. you know, one of those Again, fast food places. Again, that's not an story, right? Hot Now? No, that's not okay. part of the story. Okay. <laughs> we stopped at Hardee's. I remember this vividly one night. We stopped at Hardee's. <laughs> And we ate inside. This is, these are the days of you had the styrofoam yes, containers yeah, yeah. for the burgers. Sure. What we did was we thought it'd be a great idea to take the little paper ketchup yep. containers yep. and fill those up and put a half dozen or so inside the to-go containers. So we each had probably six or eight of those okay. little ketchup packets. Yeah, ketchup Maltovs. right pretty much right yeah okay all right i'm following you we're driving we're in my piece of crab chevette and we're again rear-wheel drive sports car yes rear-wheel drive sports car so we're driving in the city of stevens point going to uh the university to where our band practice was we're taking turns lobbing ketchup molotovs right out of the window at oncoming cars oh yeah you are genius (laughs) (laughs) i think we only hit one sure because because it's not that easy right I mean, these are small, they're light, right. they're, they're not doing a whole lot. Yeah, again, lift. not bright. No. If I would have gotten hit by a ketchup packet as an adult, man, I'd be pissed. Like, it just happens to you tomorrow. Yeah, you're if it happens following to me tomorrow. Kid, yeah. And you're going to track him down no matter. So, again, the same thing. Somebody's throwing ketchup packets at me. Yeah. It's over, buddy. Yep. I just have a lot of, a lot of stupid driving. All right, for this next clip, we jump to our first June episode, which is actually part one of our first uh, first two-part episode that we ever did and this was when we had charlie on our show for the first time when we were preparing him for the new joys of fatherhood plus you just made 130 ice cubes at fees <laughs> yes so what are you gonna do with those you gotta you just keep shoving them down his throat so let, <laughs> okay maybe just nicely feed them to him <laughs> let's let's actually talk about that because this is the one i really want to talk about <laughs> Because I have a really good story. Oh, good. <laughs> Say you have something that you've prepared or that you've seen, and this can be any time in the child's life. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. say zero to three, and you think that oh, if you try this, you will really love mm-hmm. this. And they start digging in and saying, no, I'm not going to eat it, clamping their mouth shut. What do you do at that point? The silence is deafening. Yeah. How is this different than the previous question? Oh, it's significantly different. So the previous question was, the peas aren't working, you give up, but you reintroduce them the next meal and the next meal and the next meal. Yes. This is like, all I got to feed you is peas. What well, do you do? Or, 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 or it's something, it could be something. could good. be something else. Let's say right. it's like a, a dessert and they're just mm-hmm. not willing to try it at all. And you know, deep down in your heart. <laughs> well, that, that must be a really good story. Oh, it's a really good story. <laughs> that they will love this if they just get a little bite of it, even if it's just a little bit on their lips and they taste it. All right. What would you do? You hide it in another food that they like and then give it to them on the same spoonful. 
You eat it because it's really good. <laughs> no, no, that's not. Dang the, it. So, what also you should not do is you should not trick them into opening their mouth and doing a bait and switch, no. and then shoving, no. <laughs> shoving in or force feeding, forcefully putting a spoonful yeah. of it doesn't stay in there very long. Fruit salad f- or anything. Okay, so uh, let's hear the story. Here's the story. <laughs> we were at a picnic. I can't say which daughter because I will get murdered if... Can I say which daughter? No, you may not. <laughs> so we're at a picnic. Your reaction tells me which daughter it is. <laughs> this unsaid, unnamed daughter of mine was maybe 18 months or two years old. Uh, very, very young yet. And I wanted her to try the, the Cool Whip Jello salad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not Jello salad, the Cool Whip fruit salad. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah, yeah. It's got like grapes and peaches and all kinds fruit. of stuff. It's got fruit yeah, in fruit it. Fruit. That's why they call and, it a and, fruit salad. And Cool Whip. <laughs> got it. Well, specific fruit, you dummy. I got it. Okay, I got it. So I'm thinking, oh, you're really gonna love this, and it's somewhat healthy because it's got fruit in <laughs> fruit, it, right? Right. Yeah. Totally. So I'm like, I kind of tricked her to opening her mouth, and when she did, I shoved the bite of fruit salad in. Most normal kids would either, you know, just spit the fruit salad out or eat it and Mm -hmm. say, okay, this is great. Uh, I love this. Nope, not my child. Mm -mm. Uh, My child projectile vomited all over me, all over the picnic table, and all over over the Nobody else was having fruit salad. No. 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 So fortunately, we weren't sitting near anyone, and this actually leads me into the next scenario. Well, I have a good projectile vomit story. You want to hear it? Yes. Okay. So jumping back to March of 2019, this next clip is the first time we had Put Your Hose Away Steve on the show. And I just listened back to this clip as I'm putting this episode together. And this makes me laugh every time I hear it. So this is when Steve broke a couple chairs at my house. Great funny story. So Steve, uh, thanks for joining us first of all. Before we get into the firehouse hijinks, we've got a couple different stories that we want to talk about that had been brought up previously in episode one. So if back you have problems. Back eye problems. If you haven't listened to episode one yet, please go out and listen to episode one. In fact, do it right now. Now would be a good time to stop episode four, we'll, go back to episode one. We'll wait for you. Yeah, and go. Welcome back. <laughs> I had alluded to a story that involved you and I sitting on my patio. This was last summer, I believe it was. And we were out there, it was just you and I drinking some adult beverages. I was in my back guy reinforced chair, and you were in one of the plastic Adirondack chairs. And I'll let you take the story from there. Yeah, I um, think I had a drink in one hand, and as a fellow husky person... <laughs> there is no just leaning forward and standing up. You need something to brace. So I grabbed one of the armrests, which was dumb because you have to put even pressure on both arms at the same time. I was dumb enough to put all the weight on one arm, which ended up pushing all the weight on one leg and shattered it, which I did like a tuck and roll motion. I don't know if I spilled my drink, though. I don't think you did. And then, uh, yeah, there were pictures taken immediately. So- 
like you were ready for it, almost like you knew it was going to happen. One, once he may I, or may not have cut tiny little shavings <laughs> off of that one leg. Once I knew you were okay, at first I was freaked out. It's like we're sitting there, and all of a sudden Steve's on the patio. Of course, we'd probably had two, three, four drinks at this right. point. You're, you're texting is, Lynn to see if your insurance is up well, to date. As soon as, as soon as <laughs> I, as soon as he started, as soon as I heard him start laughing, I was on, I was rolling. It was, it was that <laughs> funny. So for those of you who are watching YouTube, I'm going to try to put the picture in, uh, maybe right over here. And the, the, those of you who are not watching on YouTube and are just listening to the audio version, please head out to our Instagram or our Facebook page. So I will post a picture of my friend Steve sitting next to my broken chair on the patio. <laughs> Which is where you end up I wish when you I had break a, a lawn chair. I wish I had a picture of the next day when you put your broken chair at the end of the street for a garbage pickup to let the whole neighborhood know how fat I am. That was great. The next day it was garbage pickup, so I did want to get rid of the chair right away so right. i get a text from steve i'm at work i get a text from steve saying hey thanks for you know displaying my shame all across the neighborhood i was literally laughing at work and i was getting looks like what in the <laughs> world are you doing man so that was the first broken chair that we've experienced with yeah. you steve um, let's talk about the second <laughs> newsflash steve's so, now part of the multiple broken chair club <laughs> So welcome to the club, Steve. We had it was almost an ideal time. If this would have happened five minutes later, you would be watching this happening instead <laughs> of us talking about it. So we were getting set up. <laughs> we were getting set up in the studio. You, you want me to tell it? Go ahead. Jokey, laughy jokey. So we're getting set up, and, and Nate's putting all of the cameras, you know, getting them all ready and getting the microphones ready and making sure everything's good. And we're just getting the headphones set and starting to check mics, and we look over, and Steve has this look on his face like, I don't know what's about to happen, but well, it could be really bad. At first, I thought he soiled himself. Yeah, but... well, which also would have been a funny story. I was doing a pushback because... When you're big, your belt buckle sometimes. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. I get it. Yep. I put my belt buckle to the side to prevent that. <laughs> That's smart. <laughs> Little piece of advice. I'll share that with you. You can use that. So Steve leans back and pops the back of the chair that he's sitting in. To his credit, it was an older kitchen chair that we had had that has been around for probably 50 years or more. It survived <laughs> twice as long as some of you listening have been on the planet. Right. But it did not survive Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's one that I had already repaired at one point. Uh -huh. I probably had something to do with that sure. issue myself at one point. But The only uh, thing that would have made it better is if you actually fell through the back of the chair and were like some. <laughs> on the ground like laying on yeah the like floor. yeah like a Fall. flash dance like you like was that flash <laughs> flash dance is that that movie where the girl's in the chair and the bucket of water falls on her you know that yeah i would have been yeah. pushing my life alert to get yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those, those sirens would have been real up. We would have definitely left you there until we had pictures. We would have had That's to, for sure. We would have had to have gotten uh, our other neighbor, who was also a firefighter right. at, with a different department, to come over here and help us. <laughs> Drew, bring the backboard. It's like, it's like I tell my students, if, I, if I'm on the ground, don't try to lift me up. Just go get help. Now we're going to jump back into June, the second episode of the first Charlie special, where Andrew tells probably the grossest story that we've heard on the podcast so far. Uh, about one day when he was a superhero for one of his sick children. I think that kind of segues into our, our next topic is uh, sick kids. Mm, sick kids. Oh. At some point, they, they're going to get sick. They're going to get sick, yeah. and probably a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Because they're children. What? They like to eat their own poop. I mean, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. They're going to get sick. <laughs> Say your child has a stuffed nose. Oh, how, those are the worst. How would you handle that situation? I think, don't they make like those uh, mm. like squeezer things? They do. The booger suck sucker. Out the booger yes. Out. Yeah. Yes. But what happens if your child has a stuffed nose and is choking and there's no booger sucker to be had? Then what? Then what do you do? I'll tell you what I did after you answer. <laughs> I don't know the answer. You don't to this know this question. story? Oh, this is a, this a great story. I don't know the answer to this. Um, I'm not sure I do either. <laughs> well, I honestly don't know what I would do then. I'm hoping you don't just let your child die. <laughs> So open his me, mouth. Yeah, let me yeah. find a twenty-four hour yeah. Walgreens. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor, <laughs> but could be. Should be. So my wife like can handle all of the puking, and she's a first grade teacher. Are you going to make me throw up? Yeah, probably. That's why I'm hoping. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm glad get the cameras practice. are rolling. They get to so, practice. So, yeah. So <laughs> she can handle all of the diarrhea poop the throw-ups all that stuff but she does not do boogers and snot she does not she doesn't come anywhere near it she doesn't like it at all and so you know again i'm i'm sure that emma was not like suffocating because but this was our first kid right so Mm -hmm. of course every every time in your mind she was right in my mind this was it and we couldn't find the snot sucker thing, so I just sucked it out of the nose in my own, and sucked it right out of there into my own mouth and spit it out like a oh, like a hero, I, like a hero, Nate. I knew you were going there. <laughs> I knew this was where this was going to end yeah. up. <laughs> I was a hero. Then did you get sick? Yep, of course I did. <laughs> Not right away, but I, I hate you. I know. It was. It Never was. Never tell that story ever again. <laughs> my heroic, my most heroic story ever. Don't tell it to me ever again. All right. So all I'm saying, Charlie, is at some point you're going to need to Take step up and be team. a hero. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't recommend doing that. <laughs> so here's another gadget oh, conversation. Yep. Next, we're going to back up to May of 2019 to our Crummy Jobs episode. This clip is titled Christmas Trees and Corn Pimps. What do you got? You want to, you want to start with? My first job resulted in me getting fired. <laughs> your first? You got fired from your very first because job? Because of a guy that I wanted to punch in the throat. Uh, well, I mean, you so, know. Okay. All right. Let's set the scene let's here. Let's say it was his fault. Was I that? was, this, this is a farm job, and I think oh, I must yeah. have been in like seventh or eighth grade. So I was maybe 13 or 14, sure. and I was working on a Christmas tree farm. Oh, a Christmas tree farm. A Christmas tree farm. Christmas trees are farmed, for those of you who don't know, (laughs) on large parcels of land. Right, because they're trees. A lot of them up in central Wisconsin. (laughs) Central Wisconsin is a hub for a lot of Christmas tree farms. Christmas tree central. And they plant these trees all in a row, and the rows go on forever. Yeah. The Christmas trees don't come shaped like you get them at Christmas (laughs) time. No, they don't. Every summer, somebody has to go out there and shape (sighs) them. Yeah. And there's not, at the time I had this job, and granted this was 30-some years ago. 300 million years ago in the Dark Ages. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There was not an automated way of doing this. They may have changed since then. but So what this ended up being was a bunch of kids being hired to go out in the field with machetes (laughs) and walk up and down the lines of trees. It's not going to end well. It was was horrible. It was hot. It was buggy. (laughs) Again, this was in the summertime. Sure. 
in Wisconsin, so it was right, humid, right. and you couldn't wear shorts. I mean, some people did, but right. yeah, you're you out there right. in, in a field, and these trees are planted, and it's not like a normal, when you think of a field, those of you who are familiar with agriculture, right. where you, you plant the crops, and you disc it, and you cultivate yeah. it, and you no. take care of the weeds. These are trees planted in essentially what ended up being brushy, you know, right. Right. crappy areas. Right. That's not to say we didn't have some fun. Well, you had machetes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we had machetes. Eighth grade, so th- machete field full of trees so <laughs> so so the work was you'd snip off the top and uh-huh. then you'd take the machete and those of you who aren't watching on youtube i'm making a gesture with my arm raising above my head down at an angle, angle. so you had to you had christmas to cut the trees into the christmas yes. tree shape using this machete you had to knock off all of the buds right, right so otherwise it would grow in a sure. weird shape and <laughs> so we would find stuff in the trees occasionally there'd be like the squirrel scene from (laughs) Christmas vacation exists for a reason. Uh, So we'd find stuff in the trees, bird nests, Mm -hmm. squirrels, occasionally snakes. Oh, sure. And we would throw them, you know, the things that we would find, it was not uncommon. Again, this was a different time. I would not recommend doing this now (laughs) where snakes would come flying over a row of trees and land at you. Yes. Yeah. The other thing that we did were pine cone wars. So sure. we'd grab pine cones off the tree and notch them onto the end of the machete. <laughs> and then you'd use the machete Leverage. to whip the yeah. pine cone yeah. as a essentially a grenade Projectile. at yeah. other people. Yeah. Which, again, pre-paintball. Feels great, no, right? It yeah. was awesome. This <laughs> hurt so bad. So on to my story about getting fired. So there was this one supervisor that was probably in high school. And I won't say his name. He was always riding my tail for whatever reason. And I mean, it couldn't be because you were whipping pine cones at people and throwing snakes over well, the trees. I wasn't always doing uh, that. Just, that was usually, right. okay. that was everybody. Right. I don't know if it was because I was the youngest kid on the crew or mm. he was just on some sort of a power trip or whatnot. But I was complaining one day to another supervisor that, oh, this guy is really always just... <laughs> you know, on my case. And he said, oh, you just tell him to F off. The supervisor told you to tell tell the other supervisor. Yeah. I can see exactly where this is going. (laughs) So I'm this 13 year old kid and I'm, I'm not exactly. Never said a swear word before. Well, no, at that point I had said a few, (laughs) but never to somebody in a position of authority. Right. We're out there. I'm out there one day and he comes and he's again riding on my case. And I didn't tell him to F off. I told him to screw off. Well, I said, PG'd it. right. I PG'd it up. Right. Yeah. Yep. Day ends and I uh, get a call in. So sure. my mom gets a call from the owner of the company oh, to say, Hey, wanted, uh, can you bring Nate in for a conversation? Yeah, that's never good. He told me exactly what happened. And you know, I, I told him, yeah, I said, <laughs> you, this guy said, said that you said this to him. I said, well, that's not exactly what I said, but yeah. Pretty close. And he's like, uh, why'd you do that? I said, well, this other guy told me to. Granted, I wasn't all that dismayed at being fired from this <laughs> right, job. from the Christmas tree job? Because right. I, I hated it. It right. was awful. Right. It was probably the worst job I've ever had. Wow. Yeah. To start out with the worst job. That's yes. pretty great. Well, it, it was one of those where I could only go uphill from there. That's true. So. That's, I mean, Christmas tree farmer to successful podcaster. It's, yes. It's yeah. a long road. It it's is a, a long, long road. road. A um, long road we've hoed. Yeah. So, uh, no pun in, well, probably intended. Yes. Um, so, my one of my first jobs was also on a farm. When I was in high school, I worked for like a seed corn company. 
most people know, you know, summer job, you work detasseling, right? So yeah. you walk through the fields and you crack the tassels off so that there's no cross-pollination. But we were in charge of actually pollinating certain corn. So we were cross- so you were a bee. Did you wear a bee outfit like that girl no, in the no, no, no. Blind Melon video? No, oh, that would no, have been but spectacular. It would have been good. So we were, essentially, though, we were corn pimps, yeah. right? So we were pimping out the... The short rows to the long rows and the fast growers to the short growers. Sure. Yeah, we were pimps for corn. Started out of my friend Ben, who I think I've talked about on the podcast, but Ben and I started out there when we were in high school. We'd work every summer. We'd work out there. Eventually, my brother got a job out there, too. So So the the three of you were inseminating corn. Three of us were inseminating corn with itself, which is even weirder. There was always a group of kids. I mean, they were like a year younger than us, but we called them kids because right. we were always like, you know, crew leaders or whatever. Yeah, sure. And they would always make, like, every day they would make a corncob pipes, like fresh corncob pipes. And then they would smoke the corn silk, <laughs> which it's kind of weird. It never got them high, but it did get them sick. So I'm pretty gonna... sure it was a ploy for them to go home all the time. <laughs> Which just made... That made your job more difficult. Made, yeah, because we had to do more work. Double right? duty, yeah. Right. And we had this one supervisor. So, like, the second in command of the company, his name was... I think his name was Carl. And it Of course would, it was. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Carl. It would drive him crazy. So, every morning, we'd <laughs> gather and we'd divvy up the jobs and who's going to the short rows and who's going to the thing. And, sure. And every day, he'd be like, now, listen... If anybody smokes corn silk today, it's over. And, of course, this group, I mean. Nobody would listen. Right. Nobody listened to him. <laughs> and, you know, it'd be like we'd be all okay, at lunch. Carl. We'd be at lunch around the blazing sun, again, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. It's 130 degrees, no shade because we're in a cornfield. Right, right. And, you know, we'd be all be eating lunch, and then you'd, just, you'd see these kids' smoke wisping off of them, and Carl would come running. It was pretty epic. In addition to corn, they also did, like, soybeans. They cross-pollinated soybeans. I don't know if you've ever seen anybody cross-pollinate soybeans. No. But the plants are short, right, a soybean field. So we would be walking miles and miles and miles and miles through corn, and the soybean pollinators had to sit crisscross applesauce on a carpet square all day with tweezers pulling the pollen stamens off of flowers and rubbing them on the other. would have been horrible, too. So. I, I, think I never I, had to do that. I but. almost would have preferred that than the corn. Those of you who never have walked through a cornfield, yeah. you can get cut up. Yeah, yeah. Those leaves can be sharp if you're running, yeah. walking through a cornfield. I'm assuming that you Absolutely. wore long sleeves long and sleeves, long pants. Long pants. Yeah, yep. you, I, the first, like my first experience in the corn, of course, shorts and a t-shirt. I came home the first day with just cuts <laughs> all over my arms and legs. And yeah. I'm like, this is a <laughs> whole new ball game. Yeah. <laughs> so, and the other thing that was crazy, and you don't experience it when you're like in the day, you are covered in pollen. You come home and you take a shower and the entire base of the bathtub is yellow. Yeah. Yellow just from pollen. It's yeah. insane how much pollen you bring home with you. You know, again, like you would throw snakes at people. We would throw short corn cobs at sure. each other because when you cross pollinate, you don't want a whole stalk of corn. You just want like one or two. Right. Right. So they have a better chance. The owner of the company was Big Jim. 
when he saw corn cobs go flying over, he would always come out and he always smoked a cigar so you could smell them from like four or five rows away. So then he'd stop throwing yeah, corn cobs. He'd stop cobs throwing at and then point. you'd walk and just, you know, you just kind of walk through the corn and get out of the way. And so he's, he's constantly running, walking through the field, smoking a cigar, going, Who's throwing corn? Hey. Well, that's when you blame the kids that are right. smoking yeah, the like, silk. Yeah, it's like those dudes yeah. are smoking silk, Jim. It's not us. <laughs> Come on, go get them. <laughs> Big Jim. So what do you got next? What else you got? This next clip is from our March episode where we talk about road trips. I cover one of the most epic road trips that I've ever been on with our good friend and friend of the show, Josh. That was probably my favorite road trip with my dad. My favorite road trip ties back to college. Okay. And this was one that I did with our friend Josh. Josh, who's been mentioned on episode one and been mentioned previously, yes. So you should go back and listen and find those. Originally, we were going to record this as a special Mm -hmm. road trips with Josh here as part of it. Right. I'm going to tell this story. I'm going to save the other one that involves all three of us for when he is able to join us. Special band tour episode. (laughs) Yes, band tour uh, road trip special. It was the summer of 1995. I had been at Concordia for a few years at that point, and Josh had been there for a couple of years. For some reason, we were both working on campus that summer. Oh, okay. I was working in the computer lab, and I don't remember what he was doing. It doesn't matter. I had a few days off. He had a few days off. So we looked at each other, and we're like, what do you want to do? Let's get out of here. We decided... My former roommate had just graduated and moved to the Detroit area with his wife. We decided, hey, let's go see Chris. Of course. So Detroit's close-ish. Ish. (laughs) It gets better. Okay. All right. We drive to Detroit. We're we're in his red Jeep Cherokee. I think he had the I Heart Texas sticker on the back. Yeah. Yeah. The long Houston. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. There was some sort of accoutrements that he right. uh, he was rocking on there right we get to detroit we hang out with chris we drive through the trip over there was fairly uneventful when we got there that's when it really kind of started to get interesting okay we decided to go to a tigers game okay so chris josh and i drive into tiger stadium mm-hmm. which is in a not great part of sure. detroit this is the old tiger yeah, stadium yeah. with the flagpole in center field yeah yeah we park in the neighborhood and as we park Chris can't get his car back into gear. We're okay. like, all right, do we deal with this now or do we go right. into the game and deal with it later? You go to of the course, game. Yes, of course, yes, we right. went to the game. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? And we, right. we enjoyed the game. It was a fun game, and we come back out. We actually called. This was actually when they had pay phones. Mm-hmm. Chris called a tow truck from a pay phone, and he, he walked back to his car, and Josh and I stayed by the pay phone. What well, we ended Detroit. up doing is we ended up going inside. Uh, there was there was two choices. There was a bar or uh-huh. a White Castle. So we ended oh. up going and sit, hanging out in the White Castle waiting for Chris. Right. Chris tells us this story later. He gets back to his car, and there was a group of young men mm. around his car. Mm-hmm. As he approaches them, he's, they asked him, hey, is this your car? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. He's like, oh, because we were just about to steal it. <laughs> he was like, he's like, you can. if you can get it <laughs> yeah. going, go ahead. <laughs> If you can get it started, if you can get the, get it in gear, it's all yours. Yeah, so we ended up, he ended up calling his, his dad, who lived about an hour, hour and a half northwest of Detroit. He drove into town, into the city, picked us up. Sure. Chris went with the tow truck, so we right. picked, then we picked Chris up where, where they dropped him with the tow truck and back to his apartment. But that was the first piece of it. The day after we were at the Tigers game, mm-hmm. we decided, hey, let's keep going. 
Well, let's go to Niagara Falls. Well, of course. It's not that far. Right. It's only four right. hours through Canada. The wrong way. Yes. Right. Just, Away from where you're going. Let's just sure. go. Let's keep going. Right. So we drove across the bridge into Windsor mm-hmm. and stopped by Customs. They decided that we were going to be the ones they were going to search our vehicle. Well, of course. Of course, because, I mean, look at you. <laughs> yes, two right. 18-year-old kids. Right. Who right. knows what we're up to? No luggage. Well, 19, uh, probably 20 <laughs> right. at that time. Right, we had no luggage. No luggage. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, how long are you going to be here? A long... yeah. And that's what we told them. Three as long hours. As, as long as it takes us to drive to Niagara Falls. That's exactly what we said. And back. <laughs> <laughs> they pull us over. They search through everything. They make everything a mess. And this is what I had forgotten to mention earlier. Josh, being Josh had bought a pet snake that summer, a Burmese python, and it was pretty small at this point. It was maybe a foot and a half long. These are snakes that get up to be 20 feet if they live long enough. He's got this snake with us, and the whole way there, we're like, oh, this is fun. The snakes are on the steering wheel, and now we're holding the snake. And so... So we get through customs. He decides to put the snake in the snake bag that he's got and stick it in the middle console oh. as we're going through. Because that's not nefarious. No, yeah, not no. at all. They find the snake, sure. of course. You know, Josh is like, that's my pet. Now we have to go inside with them. They've got the snake <laughs> on the counter. They're looking up all kinds of regulations. Right, They're asking right. us where it was born, and right. he enjoys telling this story. Uh, I'll try to do it justice <laughs> right. here. It was on the counter, and they were kind of like poking at it, and they are like, does it bite? And he's like, no, but would you bite if somebody kept sticking their <laughs> finger in your face? I wouldn't Not, do that. Uh, Josh <laughs> so, just keep his mouth shut. Yes. <laughs> so bottom line, they finally said, okay, well, is it, it's your pet. Yeah. We, we can't find any regulations. These about two him. idiots aren't doing anything No, wrong. so they stamp us to go through, and we're, we're, we're fine. When we got to New York, the, the entry back into the U.S. was like, got anything to declare? Did you buy anything? I said, nope, just donuts and gas. Yeah. But we did. We actually we did stop for gas at a way station in Canada. And on the highway that we were on between Detroit and Niagara Falls, mm-hmm. they had the service stations in the center of oh, the, sure. yeah, the sure. roadway. So right. it was in between the eastbound yep. and westbound yep. highway lanes. Yep. So we pull in there, and they've got a McDonald's. So we're like, all right, we're going right. to eat McDonald's. <laughs> Pizza. What? They had pizza at, at McDonald's, McDonald's, at the Canadian McDonald's. So that that's, was my first experience worth a road with trip right pizza. There. It was. It gets better. <laughs> oh. So we get to Niagara pizza, Falls. Pizza, Burmese python, Niagara Falls. I don't know how much better it can get. <laughs> <laughs> we get to Niagara Falls, and it's dark. Uh-huh. And right. the, the whole way there, we're thinking, hey, let's drive to New York City after this. Sure. Because Josh had family in New York City. Yeah. We were going to go yeah, yeah, stay yeah. with them. Right. And, hey, it's well, only you need another, a place you need a place to It's sleep. only another eight hours. We did not drive to New York City. Okay. Um, I mean, I would have, but. We got, we got to Niagara Falls in the evening, so we saw the falls at night, and we're like, okay, we should probably find somewhere to sleep. Sure. Neither of us have enough cash for a hotel. Well, no. We're both right. college, college students. College students. You don't have no credit Making cards, minimum wage right. in a, working right. in a computer lab. <laughs> so we're in his Jeep Cherokee. We're driving. We look to find a campground. So we're driving south uh, from Niagara Falls down Mm -hmm. towards Buffalo, and we finally found about 20 minutes outside of Niagara a campground of America, KOA. Yeah, yeah. So we pull in there. We pull up to the counter. By this point, it's probably 11 o'clock. Right. And we say to the guy, how much to park and just sleep? He's like, oh, you want a tent site or an electric site? No, how much just to pull up in that field out there (laughs) and just sleep there? Or right here in the parking lot will be just fine. So, and... 
we were originally going to sleep in the parking structure in Niagara, but it was a little sketchy and smelled of urine, so we decided not to do that. So it's kind of like we, it's kind of like your dorm room, though, right? Sort, yeah. The at least that the dorm, yeah. yes. right? The dorm, right? I remember. So we get we get to this KOA. They're like, "Oh, you can park there for free." So we're like, "Score!" Yeah. His his Jeep, so he gets to lay in the back with right. the seats down. Right. I'm in the front passenger seat, <clears throat> and just the worst night of sleep sure. ever. Sure. But we did get ended up getting a few hours. Then once dawn broke, uh, we woke up and went back to Niagara Falls uh, and spent some time, sure. you know, touring it. Yeah. While it was light out, so we saw it, and then we drove back to Detroit. At this point, we are out of money, completely out of money. But you're in Detroit. We're in Detroit. We're we're at Chris's house, Chris's apartment. We still have to get back to Milwaukee, <laughs> which again, it's not like it's next door. No, <laughs> right. it's a good. It's gonna take it, some gas to get eight back to there. Ten right. hours, whatever right. it was. Josh did have his dad's mobile charge oh, card. Oh, so it's like gold. <laughs> <laughs> There's your food so, and gas for the whole Spot way on. So oh, cut to this scene where it's almost like you know, like a Beavis and Butthead scene or a, <laughs> right, a, a right. mall rat scene right. or you know, Jay and Silent Bob where we're, we're pulling up to the mobile, filling up, going in Hold and coming out with, out and just like <laughs> coming out with up, bags yeah. of like crappy burritos and <laughs> right, right. chips and uh, soda. Yeah, soda, pork rinds, oh, whatever. Yeah, anything you could possibly need. <laughs> So we're, we're ringing this through on Josh's dad's mobile car. Oh, baby. So we get a call. he gets a call from his dad sure. later on. Sure. He gets his bill. He's like, why do I have $400 worth of stuff, Josh? Well, oh, he was not happy. Well, dad, we were, we were in Niagara Falls. He, he was not happy. That was that was our epic. That, that, that was, was the most epic road trip I've been on. That's a good one. He and I. And it was, it, we saw a great sight with sure. Niagara Falls. It was beautiful. If you've never been there, I'd highly recommend. I have two that relate to that. So I have a Niagara Falls story. I've saved the best for last. If you have younger children listening to this show, you may want to consider not having them listen to this one. Because although this is quite possibly the funniest story that I've ever heard in my life, uh, it may not be age-appropriate. It is somewhat PG-13. So, uh, I present to you Andrew's vasectomy story from our doctor's visits episode in August of 2019. Here you go. Imaginary I don't know if I was dehydrated or what, but yeah. All right. it was. Well, I have, <laughs> I have a testicle story as well. Of course you do. Because, <laughs> I mean, who doesn't have a good testicle story? I had, after we had Celia, uh, my second, um, I decided to get fixed, right? Because we had had Emma, and then we... Had, you were broken? Because I'm broken. <laughs> we had had Emma, and then we had had two miscarriages. We had Celia, and we felt really blessed to have two. We didn't want to push the limit on anything more than that. We decided that I was the one that was going to get the preventative surgery, as sure. they say, because um, Marsha had already been through enough. Well, unless it's C-section, they don't want to. That's right. Well, that's yeah, yeah, significant right. surgery Absolutely. for Absolutely. women. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. And it's not not significant surgery for men. No. I'm like, whatever. That's fine. I make the appointment. I go in. You know, I mean, I don't have any idea what to expect. I am also not really? the most modest person in the world, so. <laughs> I mean, I knew that I figured I was going to have to like take my pants off and they were going to start cutting something down there, but I didn't really know like what the procedure was, right? I've never done this before. So I walk in and, you know, the nurse comes in and she hands me, like I was expecting a robe or something, but she just handed me a sheet. 
And she's like, all right, well, the doctor's going to be in in like 10 minutes. You're going to have to obviously take off all your clothes except leave your T-shirt on. A little weird, but I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, and I have this sheet, right? And so I'm, I don't know what to do. So I put the sheet on the... Toga. Yeah, toga. yeah, yeah that would have been funny. But I, I put the sheet on the table or chair thing. You know, it wasn't really a table. It was like a reclining did you turn operation in, table. Did you turn it into a diaper like you no, see? Big... No, I put it on. There was nothing on the table. So I put it on the <laughs> operating table. Yeah. And then I took off all my clothes except for my T-shirt. And I sat down. <laughs> And the nurse comes back in, and she's like, hey. And I'm like, hey. Cover cover up. Right. Well, yeah, she's like, the sheet's for you to cover up. And I said, well, that's, I'm sorry. I apologize. But you do realize that in, like, 10 minutes, we're going to be all in our full glory here, right? (laughs) It's not going to be like the doctor's under the sheet, right? It's. She's like, yes, I know, but this is the procedure. You use the sheet to cover yourself. I'm like, fine. I cover myself with the sheet. You know, she's like, you can sit up on the table. The doctor will come in, he'll talk to you, and then you'll lay down and we'll start this thing. Yeah. I'm like, great. So I sit in there with the sheet, and the doctor comes in, and he's like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, you know, give you a shot in your no-no place, and then we're going to cut you open and then cauterize <laughs> things with some hot knife or something. This all sounded very <laughs> sketchy to me. I asked him if he'd ever done this before. Uh, he said that he had done multiple of these, and he was in. The, apparently, he was in the military, and it's very popular in the military to get vasectomies. So you're asking these questions while you're on the operating table, just before we start, right? So you didn't think to ask these questions, nah, like in a consultation visit. I really or didn't care. I just wanted lines. to prolong the hot knife cauterization <laughs> as long as I could. <laughs> Because that was the part I was really worried about. Because um, it's going to smell. Like, have you ever smelled burning flesh? I have. Yeah, that's so, what it is. So I've got a story about that, but All continue. Right, let me, let me, so I lay down. Two nurses and the doctor are there. And they're talking. And, and then he hands me a binder clip. And he gets out a rubber band. And I'm like, <laughs> why are we doing with office supplies? <laughs> right? He's like, well, I'm going to use this rubber band to... Keep your friend out of the way of my work, and I want you to take the other end of the rubber band and just clip it to your T-shirt. So that's why you have to have your T-shirt on, which, again, is a little weird. So um, those of you out in TV land can imagine me on the table with the rubber band and the binder clip. So then before we get going... Um, he gives me the local anesthetic shot, which felt amazingly terrible. <laughs> it felt like they stuck a needle in my nutsack, basically, is what it felt like. Well, because that's, that's what, what they, they did. did. Right. And so then he's like, so we're a teaching hospital. And I'm like, yes. So he's like, I'm going to see, is it okay if we bring in some students to observe? And I'm like, I, whatever, man. I don't care. Right? You just want this to be over I just at this really want to just get to the hot cauterization knife thing and be done. So I'm like, whatever. That's fine. I don't care. So then like 15 college co-eds walk into the room with me and the rubber band and the binder clip, which, you know, at this point in my life, I was like, like whatever. Hey, guys. <laughs> how's, it, how's it going? What's up, ladies? Hey. So he goes in there and does his thing, and it's early. I was his first surgery, so it was like 8 o'clock in the morning, yeah. and I fell asleep. And the nurse like tapped me on the shoulder, and she's like, you have to stay awake. And I'm just like, okay, I don't, I don't understand why. Just do your thing. Let me fall asleep and wake me up when we're done. And she's like, no, you have to stay awake because if anything feels weird, you have to let us know. <laughs> 
And I'm like, well, it started with there's the this needle. whole rubber band and like binder clip thing that feels a little strange. It's felt weird from the And then very the beginning. needle doesn't feel, yeah, she's like, I understand, but if like it feels like something's not right. I said, again, so he did the whatever thing, and you know, they're kind of like, oh, you know, they make these weird comments that don't make any sense to you. Right. You think like maybe your balls are falling off or something. <laughs> and then they cauterize, which again, you don't really feel anything because you're under anesthetic, but it right. smells so bad. Yeah. And all you can think about is that they're burning your nuts. Because <laughs> essentially that's what they're doing. Chestnuts yeah, roasting it's weird. on an open fire. So then you get done and um, they let you get dressed, which is cool. But you have to wear a jock for like a week. Yeah. The instructions they give you is to buy two bags of frozen peas <laughs> and then you alternate. So you freeze one bag while you use the other. Yeah. And if anyone out there is going to get a vasectomy, that was the best advice ever. <laughs> Alternating bags of frozen peas. <laughs> it's the only thing that saved me. Please tell me you did not use the peas. No, after. no, we threw the peas away afterwards. <laughs> I mean, we could have. It's not like the bag broke or anything, but no. Oh, no. boy. So alternating bags of frozen peas. So I have not had the pleasure of having that particular surgery it's, done. It's pretty great. No, no. I it's don't. really not that. I mean, I literally fell asleep like two or three times, and they kept having to wake me up. Other than the needle in the nuts, it's not bad. <laughs> Talking about the burning flesh comment, <laughs> I had LASIK surgery. Well, that's the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoyed this walk down memory lane with us, and we'll talk to you all very soon. Bye. Support for Two Beards, Please, provided by Turnhall Financial Group. While others see money as a goal, Turnhall Financial Group sees it as a tool for serving God, family, and community. Find out more by contacting Turnhall Financial Group at 262-421-5467 or by emailing Group at thrivent.com. That's T-U-R-N-H-A-L-L Financial Group at thrivent.com. That was a Titan Cast episode.